Have you ever felt isolated and alone, longing for more love and connection? Do you hunger to touch or be touched? Do you have many desires and fantasies unfulfilled? Our sexuality is key to so many aspects of who we are. There are things we need to shake up, past judgments, thoughts, and feelings around shame, restrictions put on us by ourselves and by others that have suppressed our sexuality. We need to break through the barriers that impede our path to fulfillment, to have our orgasmic life. We are Orgasmic Terrace. Together, let's explode those obstacles that hold us back. Sarah Tiger. I'm sitting with Christabel and having a cozy couch conversation and we're going to be discussing two photographs that Krista has created and the conversations they have started. With that said, we're going to get right into it, but just to do some house cleaning, you can locate us at orgasmicterrace.com. We're going to have some great conversation pieces on our closed group on Facebook. You can link to that through our website. And the pictures that we're going to be discussing today will be located on our website. So let's dive into our conversation. Nice to have you back, Krista. Here we go. We're going to record again. I love it. I know. It feels good and natural and right. And beautiful. And beautiful. That's your word for the night. So yeah. we will be talking about beautiful in our intro. Beauty. Beautiful. Ooh, that's, I need more of that up. I, I looked at it. I've looked at it several times. I'm probably, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Sorry. No, that's fine. I love rabbit holes. Yeah. I, I looked at, uh, I studied the word beauty because I have this value thing where, you know, I have three words that are my top values and. And beauty is one of them and I use that word I pick that word very precisely because it encompasses a lot of things and uh, I wasn't happy with just the Webster's dictionary phrase so I mean a definition so I, I studied it out but I can't remember where I got this one but it talks about beauty encompassing spirituality like that it is I wish I could remember anyway we'll find it and put it online uh, yeah. yeah but the actual definition of beauty that from the Oxford Dictionary is a combination of qualities such as shape, color, or form that pleases aesthetic senses, which is so you, especially sight. I love that we're starting out with this because this actually has a lot to do with why I asked to... To come on again. Yeah, Yay. exactly. So, let, did you want to start? Um, yeah, let, well, tell, me, tell me what's going on. I know that um, there's been some major shifts in your life, so tell me what's been going on because I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat for like three weeks. Well, I have to say that it sounds like we both have had some major shifts because you were just telling me stuff and yes i was like we should save this for the podcast because that's some dynamite well, i i told one of my fwbs i can recap really quick and get to the point we um, do it slow because we can do this all night <laughs> yes Beautiful. we can um one of my fwbs has um i had said goodbye to and i i really enjoyed my time with him but i wasn't getting out any fulfillment i was always feeling less and which is what we what we were talking about less than in my heart and one of the things since doing this podcast that i really want to focus on is self-care and what do i need if after a time with somebody that i get fulfilled back up you know what self-care do i need to fill me back up because I exude a lot of energy but I need that self 
self-care. And so, and I got to keep reminding myself that, you know, when you don't feel greater than and you feel less than, then somebody walked away with more in this situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It shouldn't be like that. So when I was arguing with him on why I was saying goodbye, he goes, I could do that. I could do that. And I said, I understand you can, and I understand you want to, but you were not doing it. And it's been... (laughs) a couple times that I brought this up and then he likes to argue like and then the other sad part is he's beginning to have a memory issue so like mm. he doesn't go back and read his texts or anything so we'll have the same argument three days in a row oh the loop I love the loop and Not I'll really. stand on my ground and go mm, nah done self care self care it's all me not you it's all me not you and then I did take him up on one offer and we went to dinner and had a beautiful night just talking cause he knows nothing about me like he never and even during dinner asked me about my life knows nothing about me and i know that we were just for the lack of a better word fuck buddies you know that that phrase is ridiculous honestly because if you're a human to a human there's not gonna just be fucking if it's one more than one time right there's other things that come out and so you're right like even part of the phrase says buddy yeah exactly Exactly. If I replace it with fuck friend, it's still the same thing. You need to honor me with being my friend. I don't mean dive in my life and find out that I... Buy you a fucking diamond ring. You're not not asking that. that. Don't learn my whole history. I don't mean like sit there and learn, you know, like when I lost my virginity or, or none of that... Just be present. Like, how was your day as you're beginning to undress me? <laughs> the thing is, it's called respect and yes, care. And yes. that, I mean, that is, that is a, I mean, across the board, that's in any setting in business, right. you know, in, with family, that is just a, 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 just a basic element that needs to be there no yes. matter what. I agree. I wholeheartedly. So I said goodbye. And then Good I, 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 not only did I say goodbye, I did do the one last time because I said it would. We went and had dinner. It's fabulous. I stayed the night. We had a fabulous time together. Got up the next morning, went to leave, said goodbye, and blocked his ass. Oh, good. <laughs> so I never I had done this argument with him again. Oh, ever. man. That is beautiful. Oh, I'm like, I got closure. Yeah. And I didn't feel less. On your terms. On my terms. And I don't have to sit there and justify myself anymore. Yeah. But he did go down on me. You know, one of the things he said with, with me one time, and I'll explain this in a second, and it was that. When but we first got together, it quickly. Yeah. Let's do this like a really good fuck. Oh yeah. So warm up. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> he, him, and I didn't have warm up. It, it, it was really foreplay was thrown out the door. He was a good ride. I would get on him and ride for hours, and I like that. And and then he he had really good hips. Okay, so I get that. So, but after the first few times, I asked, you know, would you like to enjoy me a little bit? Or I would like you to enjoy me a little bit. And he actually told me, no, he would never go down on me, ever. And that made me go back into those mm-hmm. judgments that we were talking yeah. about to where I felt like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. And so then when when I was having these discussions of why, you know, like, I, I need more. And one of the things I want more is I'm not going to settle for somebody that's not going to ever go down on me. He goes, I'll go down on you. And then he tried for what? Yeah. Then he tried for a week to say, I'll go down on you. You know, come over now and I'll go down on you. Isn't it interesting when you start putting, placing some boundaries there? Because, you know, I I remember I, uh, I have, um, an ex husband and I went through years of being legally bullied 
among other things. And I remember my my lawyer telling me one day, she said, Krista, you created that. Mm -hmm. Um, You created that monster. Every time that you allowed him to act like that, you grew that monster. And that was really hard to hear, but such a good thing for me to hear because it really changed the way I um, responded to him moving forward. It's like, I was thinking I was caring. I was a caring, kind person Mm -hmm. and taking the higher road. No, no. You're just, it's like enabling. It's like spoiling your kid. Right. You don't, we don't self-care. Love is love. You've got to love yourself. And when you decide what it is that fulfills you, it's like, it's not being mean to say to someone, nah, I don't want to be with you because you don't fulfill me. No, it's like necessary. And and, and to myself, too. Exactly. And, and then it's so funny, though, when you start putting these boundaries in place, how they just, like, change their tune so quickly. And it's like, you were just a minute ago so, you know, ardently against this subject and now you suddenly you're like i'll do that i'll do that okay oh well, yeah come over and do that yeah. See how and naughty you know what? no thank you i don't want those kind of people in my life exactly. screw that <laughs> or don't screw that as we've decided as we decided and and that's okay because i i put boundaries in that aspect and um and then i decided that well i decided that i am just comfortable like i've always said with my what with my current status quo but i'm not against meeting new people like i went to the sex club um, before the last podcast and I met some fabulous people there and started to be part of their nucleus, you know, I haven't gone back to their center and contributed like I wanted to, but I will, I will I'll go and contribute because I think they're a fabulous bunch of people. And I think Queen Brianna is amazing. And, um, there was a dominatrix I'd love to get to like talk to and like feel her out about like why she does it and stuff like that. So there's some positive stuff out of this. I... Saw a different part of the sex club when I went this time. Which Tell is, me. What you so mean previously, they're always taken a lover. I've never gone without a lover. Mm-hmm. So this was my technically my first time of going completely on my own. Just walked in the door by myself and um, and joined up by myself. I'm my own member, which is kind of fun. And it was absolutely a blast. I had a fun time. Um, when when Brianna mentions in the other podcast about me glistening she came in the end and what had happened was we were in a room i call it the blue room it has a whole bunch of couches and lights um that are slightly blue tinted and the walls are blue but the artwork's fabulous the new owners have really brought up this aesthetics of the place and i'm very very impressed and i even told them that because i'm friends with them and so we were sitting there and there was a whole bunch of people in this room because sarah attracts people and, and i was only in the room with four of my friends but then we attracted two new couples that I had met and then another or two so two couples and then some single guys and so in this room was in and a trans was um easily 15 people and just all sitting around just chit-chatting and I went on a rant you know me and my rants I started a rant it was about pronouns because we had a trans but not because of her but because I was really upset about something and I wanted their input well, we're just having such a chaotic time in this room. I mean, we had so much fun just talking and fighting back and forth about how we should put it and how I should change some of my pronouns and just let go of some of my issues. And and it's not about the they or it or them. It's um, that I say sir and ma'am. Hmm. So I got taught 
and it's the way the woman really approached me or the in, the individual approached me about it um that probably really sat in my crawl wrong but it was that i had said thank you ma'am and then she goes oh this is a teaching moment and she walks right over to me and shows me her shoulder where she has a button that says my preferred pronouns are they and them and i'm like on her shoulder wasn't anywhere near in the middle of her like a name tag or anything like that we're right. talking about on a shoulder that i was supposed to look at her shoulder you're like enough. honey if you want people to address you the way you want it better be tattooed on your on your right. forehead or some kind of sign on your chest right so this was my rant was i say ma'am she basically was giving me a lecture because i called her i said thank you ma'am i'm southern so i say ma'am and sir so right. my thing is what am I? Ref what do I replace those pronouns with? You know, like, honey, yeah, love, sweets. Which uh, then you'll get a whole different crowd of the <laughs> hashtag Me Too's that are not about that. Exactly, I which mean, is which is where the rant went in this yeah. room, which was super funny because we're all just laughing. They're like, "You're just got to get over yourself and drop the ma'ams and the sirs." I'm like, "Fine." So that was where we left it. So. But that, you know what? I'm going to sound like, whatever. I'm going to yeah. sound like you in that room now. Because they're wanting you to drop sir and ma'am. Right. But they're not willing to drop the fact that each person wants to be called something else. And so we're supposed to either guess or uh, before we even address someone, say, what kind of pronoun do you would you prefer to be called? It's like, that's before anything. You, mm -hmm. you don't ask that the first thing you say to someone. I mean, well, some people maybe do. you do. Maybe that's what we need to do from well, now on. And that I goes in the line, and this will pr definitely be another, another <sighs> podcast, is about consent. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah, it is. The, that, on top of our society, has become really focused on little things like consent. I mean, I understand. We need consent. I'm not saying that, but the, we have... Consent doesn't just stop with, yes, we're going to have sex. You now actually have to have consent on every level of inter interaction. And even when you have consent, there's still issues. Right. Because like, I was just listening to this podcast with uh, David and my husband. Uh, they were, this came from the Me Too movement, and they were talking about um, this, this um, college student um, who got, Expelled from college, I guess that's the term, uh, because he got a blowjob from um, this girl or woman, whatever, in college. Uh, he didn't. He didn't ask for it. He didn't command her. He didn't say anything. She just took off his pants and gave him. Proceeded to give him a blowjob, but then he was expelled because she said. She felt intimidated by him, and she felt like she had to do it. So it's like, yeah. there's so many, there's so many little, I mean, and I'm hashtag me too, except I'm also hashtag not me too this time. So, right. as my friend said the other day, I love <laughs> this that. This time. This not time. Not me too this time. Um, and I agree. I'm with you on that. I, it's I like, think it's... I, I'm just in the middle here, and I'm just like, I'm observing it all, and I'm like, I think there can be some grace on both ends here. Like, I think we're just figuring out a new development. Change always happens. That's great. I like change. Mm -hmm. But also, we have to know that we're built, it's built in this homeostasis, which is, you know, we react negatively to change. So it's, 
let's have some grace periods so like to figure this out like it's uncomfortable right now and right it shouldn't be so judgmental like if you don't ask i'm sorry what how do you want to be responded to all the time right Come on now and 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 so is there a generic and this is where we were left off is there a generic term that we can say that will be both male female acceptable. And, and acceptable like hun and love used to be for me i used to say it a lot and I had to drop it. And sweets is another one I use. Oh, sweets, I'll do that for you, you know. And and when I when I'm when I'm in a situation, I will revert to ma'am and sirs because that's my upbringing. My father was in the military, and so that's what I was taught to say. You know, yes sir, yes ma'am, and be respectful, especially in public. You know, and so like that really bothers me that they're gonna they're asking me now to change my upbringing. Yeah, whatever happened to when in Rome. Yeah. I mean, ugh. it's not like I said her or she or him or or his. Yeah, I said ma'am. But I guess that has a female, female tone. Male connotation. Could have said sir, but then I would have pissed her off too. So, or them off too. <laughs> I oh, second pronouns. Yes. But it's all I, learning. And that was, that was our rant. And then that was what was really absolutely a fabulous time. And then we proceeded to do um, round the room stripper, strip. So I made everybody like strip parts of their clothes off and went around the room. So uh, that wow, that sounds good. That <laughs> was, sounds kind of like you had a little dom moment there. Oh yeah, yeah. I, but I I fill gaps. That's always what I say. Like yeah. when it's quiet and when it's low, I I pick up and fill the gap, or I make I make the energy change. And like everybody was kind of looking like, what do we do? We're in the middle of a sex club and nobody's talking and. And all we're doing is drinking and sitting here looking at people. It, was, it felt like one of those high school dance moments, you know, yeah. like where everybody's sitting on the side and the but, music's, yeah. music's going. Actually, in this case, was a porn over my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and was it a pretty porn or was it a gross I don't know. Porn? It was behind me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and I was sitting on the bed with one, one gentleman on one side, a really nice guy who also liked to add in his comments. And then the, the um, trans was sitting next to me. She was fabulous. I just, I was drawn to her from the day, from the moment I got there. And now we're friends. Oh. So like, um, and uh, she wants to be more female-like. So we're going to have to talk later about how Ooh, we can help her I be like a little it. more female. That sounds fun. That I like fun. that I just said kind of an oxymoron. I asked you if uh, if the porn was a, a pretty porn. <laughs> yeah, there is no pretty porn. Yes, there is. Well... There, there was this. I'm walking away from the thing because I'm turning on mood lighting, and I'm going to turn off the head thing if that's it. That's fine. All right, all right. Now you got the mood lighting going on here, and my Tiffany lamps that I never turn on. They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Very pretty. You know. Okay, so can I tell you one of the definitions that I found about beauty is that it connects to spirit. It's anything that visually connects you to spirit, which mm-hmm. is a portal, and. I see this a lot in Catholic churches. Um, Okay, so I grew up in Tulsa where, you know, and I was in charismatic churches, charismatic Christian churches, and they usually are in old Walmart buildings. You know, it's always gross. It's so disgusting. Ours were always, when I was um, raised non-denominational Christian, was always in homes. Yeah, oh, there you go. We always were in homes. So the homes were always aesthetic. Yeah, that's nice. So so I get that. When they get big and mega churches, then they just become these... Ugh, gross. They're just, 
they leave out any part of aesthetic or beauty. And I just always found, because that's such a drive for me, and I grew up an artist, it's really just a strange juxtaposition being raised in Tulsa where they cut down trees and don't care about, you know, anything beautiful. Um, but I just found that so sinful. Sinful! And, the, you know, they just won't even acknowledge it. It's completely ignored, cut off, like... And, and it's interesting, too, because I know I'm going on a rant. No, but, we like rants. But... Sarah's tangential. <laughs> tangential. Loves, loves to go on tangents. I love that tangential. Yes. Um... Heard that on a podcast. Can't remember which one, but I loved it. Yeah, that's lovely. I think we should say that a lot. Mm-hmm. Tangential. But, um, yeah, it's the same with the body. Because you will find in charismatic churches more obese people than in any other religious setting. I totally believe that. Really? Because they believe that the body, they call it's the flesh. That the flesh is evil. And that you need to put the flesh down. You don't listen to the flesh. You curse the flesh. You abuse the flesh. You, um, you, uh, a lot of times we would pray, burn my flesh. You know, the flesh is sinful. And, but what I say in response to that Uh is, uh, no, you guys are sinful for not acknowledging what is beautiful. Uh What is beautiful? Because beauty, God, in my opinion, she created beauty. Beauty is like in everything. It's in nature. It's nature is beautiful. Look at the fucking trees. Look at our look at our bodies. Our bodies are fucking beautiful. Skin is fucking beautiful. It is. And okay, so we live in Portland. And today, as a sidebar, I was talking to my mom and my aunt's coming, who my whole family is artistic. Very artistic from from quilting to Iron work to painting to You poems. should see her house. Her house is full of beautiful antiques and art, and it's everywhere. It's and just it, gorgeous. They all have a unique story. I love things that have stories, so I could tell you a story about every piece in this house. Everyone. But my aunt's coming, and she is 75, if I'm not mistaken. And she's the woman that said that she would, one, come on the podcast and talk about sex with me. I want to hear that. And she also... One is the woman, the first adult when I was in my 20s, the first adult to ever say the word orgasm. Oh, yeah. So she's coming in May. appropriate. Yes. And so we're probably going to have her on in May. We'll have definitely do a podcast with her. But I love the fact that she's coming here to Oregon because I want her to see how beautiful Oregon is. We have a dog. Sarah has a dog. And, and he's old. He's so. old and he's clankety clankety and doing lots of huffing right now. So if yeah. you hear that, that's what it is right now. He's 14 and he can't hear and he doesn't, he, he right now wants to be close to everybody. So that's happy. Um, he's happy that we're all in here with him right now. His favorite room in the house. So let's talk about beauty. You sent me a text message. And said that you wanted to talk about some major things that have been going on in your life. And I am actually on the edge of my seat wanting to hear what has been going on. And then there was this major, major thing about a picture or two. So I am... And and you're sitting here wearing a trench coat with nothing underneath it. So you are doing a podcast semi-nude. Yes. (laughs) I love nudity. 
I remember when I first uh, got divorced in my 30s and I had just left the church and um, uh, I knew this very large woman. She was beautiful. She was my massage therapist. Just gorgeous. She was Latino and dark hair and light skin, actually. And, um, and then I also knew this very... Uh, it's funny because both of them were Latino, I guess. Uh, this very thin, uh, kind of built the way my husband is, like kind of David Bowie thin, Mick Jagger thin. Okay. Uh, I love that I'm referencing her as a male, but it's kind of like that. Um, and I just saw the juxtaposition between them. I've said that word now twice in this podcast, and I'm wondering about myself. But anyway, they I just saw them both. Um, and I just, I had this like compulsion to take photographs of them together. Because there was a good, um... Well, they're both beautiful. They're both beautiful. And the contrast seemed beautiful to me. And I guess that's the first. And then I started, you know, after my divorce and leaving the church, this was my first way of healing myself. Was I started making these dolls, these new dolls. And my kids would get annoyed because they, you know, I would create vaginas on them and boobs. And, uh, well, at first they thought it was silly, but then they were like, Mom, they'd start hiding my, like I had these like ceramic nude women and they would hide them. Mm -hmm. Because they'd get annoyed that kids were coming over and seeing these nude, you know, statues and dolls and stuff. Um, And so, uh, but I just, I started thinking recently because of these pictures I did and some things that happened, and I'll tell you that. Um, But I started putting all this together that it's been quite a while my compulsion, or my, compulsion's probably the wrong word, but my attraction, my very, uh, my, uh, my driven attraction towards nudity in general. And I think it goes back to my value system. So I have three major values, truth, love, and beauty. And... I was thinking about this on the way over here. All three of those encompass nakedness because it's very truthful. You can't not be truthful if you're naked. naked. Right. You really can't. I mean, you have nowhere to hide. Yeah. It's just you. You're there. It's you. And, um, there's love that is you're, you're, you're asking or inviting people to love you Mm -hmm. when you're naked. Because there is imperfections or imperfections, and that's based off of the the certain culture and whatever of what they decide is imperfect. And I, I've heard I've heard people say that perfection is in the imperfection, and I love that phrase. I do too. Because is is in is in the imperfection. I the, I absolutely wholeheartedly believe that. Because think about it, if if everything was perfect and doing air quotes based on like a societal whatever norm, everything would be generic. You know, everything is the same. And then it just is blasé. It's not beautiful. It's blasé. Everything is the same. What makes something beautiful is in its uniqueness. That's art. I wholeheartedly agree there. It just makes me want to cry thinking about it. And so. And it's even in our own being. I mean, our (laughs) own being is so unique. And that's what, you know, the the reason why this podcast is so important is to be able to recognize where where we have suppressed so much of that. So I'm so excited to hear the rest of this. 
Exactly. We suppress, and this is what I think we suppress because people haven't de- have decided the whole, the conglomerate of our community, whatever that is, has decided this is not beautiful. So the not beautiful or the not is the not accepted, which is the rejected. Right. The isolated, the alone. Um understand that yeah and and we were built for community so of course we're as survivalist we're going to hide what other people think is not acceptable and so yeah so we've got love we've got truth and then we've got beauty it's all encompassing in nakedness and that's not just with bodies that's nakedness with um you know our skin that's with the way we talk to people, we, you know, our authenticity, you know, and, but there's this fine line. And so actually, honestly, um, the reason I even started getting on Instagram to begin with was the same compulsion I have towards, um, photographing or drawing or painting nakedness. Right. And it's that I, I have this weird, drive weird that's a judgment i guess i have this drive i like that better to to present myself to a public and i know lots of people have this present myself to a public and see if i will be loved as i'm presenting myself um now Now, are you presenting yourself truly or falsely well here's the weird drive i mean okay this is the part where i judge is weird okay because yes i do i do selfies and all those like everybody does where i make sure that you know the jowls aren't shown and you know my 50 year old jowls aren't shown the wrinkles and you know i'll do those because i'm it's kind of the way I see it for myself, I make fun of myself. Like if I go to the door, you know, cause someone's ringing the doorbell and I'm all crazy and my makeup, my two day old makeup is smeared down my face and I answer the door, you know, do my business and go walk away. The first thing I do out of vanity is go to my mirror and go, Oh, oh shit. Look how horrible I look. So what do I do? I wipe off my mascara, you know, I comb my hair, and then I go, oh, I wasn't that bad. And that is where the compulsion comes in, Mm -hmm. because I recognize that I do that. And it's like I'm trying to fix something. It's not so much that I'm trying to fix... Uh, how do I say this? I'm trying to conform. I'm trying to I'm trying to accept myself. Yeah. I'm saying, okay, this is so... Let's break it down. It's... It's obviously so horrible to me to be seen like this. Why is that horrible? Because I'm afraid that I won't be loved and um, but it's all, accepted. What's, what's interesting in the story, and, and this is my sidebar really quick on that, mm. because I, um, what's interesting in the story is that you do it after. No, that I know. That's you don't what, do it before. Yeah, it's so you curious. Do it after because right. Well, sometimes you, you can't. You can't do it before. Well, if you think about it, back in the the fifties and sixties, on the old school mm, of yeah. um, of TV and everything, they would do it before. They would sit there and pinch their cheeks and smack oh it because there's a mirror. You're right. They would do it before, but you instinctually want to see who's 
at the door and then worry about, oh shit. Well, Sarah, let's be honest. Here's the thing. I've got six kids. <laughs> I've got a mom who lives with me. You know, I... I work full time. I'm, but I'm also the manager of the house, and I happen to be OCD. So there is not a lot of time for me to be prepping, unless I'm like Joe Rogan. <laughs> I love you, Joe Rogan. But I don't have lots of time to to do that. So yes. there are going to be times. I mean, I try to prep myself mm-hmm. for the most part, but you know, I still do my makeup in the car right before a meeting. You know, I I I do shortcuts. To, to, you know, save time. So there's going to be times that my makeup's smeared and I see people. Also, I'm... This is a side thing, too, right. but I used to... Very um, apropos to this yeah. podcast, I used to nude model uh, for kind of a, a well-known uh, painter in New York. And um, he told me this story one time. He said, there's two types of people. Um, there's potatoes and tomatoes. And he said, you, Krista, are a potato. Already. Now and you're going to tell us what the difference is. Yes. Yeah, so, so, and so when I asked him, he said, well, just intuit it. Like, what is a potato? A potato's hardy, you know, has some warts. Uh, it's, um, you know, kind of brown and, uh, has a, a thick skin, you know, hard. What's a tomato? It's squishy, has really thin skin. It's delicate, you know, kind of pristine. So I'm a potato. I'm a potato. I'm a potato. Or a rock. (laughs) (laughs) And a potato has gone to rocks. (laughs) It's a a petrified potato. (laughs) There you go. Um, But I'm okay with being a potato. But that means that, you know, my nails are, they don't have, I don't, I don't do my nails. Very very rarely do I do my nails. You know, they're And you'll do your toenails over your Would you yeah. get a pedicure? Have you gotten a pedicure? Yeah, I get yeah. pedicures. I love pedicures. Yeah, so. I'm I you know, my I usually have you know, day old mascara on my face. Uh, you know, I'm never gonna be with those pristine girls. That's fine. And yet you are Whatever. sitting here one of the most beautiful friends I have in my mind. You you're almost ageless so it's like that's what's so so amazing lovely that you say that that to think of you as a potato is really hard but i don't see you as a tomato either because right i'm a potato come on we're potatoes we're potatoes okay i'm happy with that i'm happy potatoes we're hardy we're We're tough we're hardy we get this shit done we're we're you know we're sustainable I mean, if you're going to starve, what do you want more? A potato or a tomato? Right. Come on, potato. No, 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 no question. It saved Ireland. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm okay with being a potato. It's fine. And I can Russia. dress it up. It saved Russia. Yeah, there you go. So, so I don't know where we were going with this. I um, went on a yes. tan- ta- tangential. We're tangential today. So you were talking about nudity, and you were, um, you were talking about beauty. <laughs> And therefore, you were wanting oh, yes. to do the. I had to close my eyes to see yeah, the no, words no, in my yeah, head. Yes. So, therefore, you were leading up to these pictures that you shared with me. And yeah, let's go back. Share... We'll just cut all this out and just say. No, I love Not it. cut it out, but I'm saying let's go back. Um, yes. So, back. Uh, the truth is that I've. I've been thinking a lot, is what I'm trying to say. And that I went on Instagram 
because I was trying to solve this issue with me. I, it was a self-healing process. It was a self-love process. I made a commitment to myself that, yes, I'm going to, you know, do the selfies of cute, you know, me in the, my highest cuteness that I could come up with. But that doesn't feel fulfilling. So I also want to just kind of once in a while present myself with my mascara running, basically. Okay. It's, it's the same concept of answering the door with... I, I want to do some pictures that may feel a little like, oh no, are people going to reject me if I put, post You want to push the envelope is what I'm, I'm I want to push... That's who I am. I like pushing the envelope. No, 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 I don't. No, you do. But it's a good way because you really do extract. <laughs> I do. You, you, you do. You do. And it's not a negative because I want to tell you the first picture you sent. And we will post this one. I yes, will, post them all. I don't care. We'll I mean, I do them. care, but I like that. I'm, yes. Because you know what I also am? I'm. My husband has told me this. I am a masochist. <laughs> you are. You are. Oh I'm God. a masochist potato. Yeah. Or a potato oh masochist. I'm going to put that over the word <laughs> potato online. But okay, so let me tell you what ha has happened. You sent me this first photo one day. The first photo, because the second one you just sent me and I'm still processing that one. But the first photo with hearts. So when you guys see it, it's the one with the hearts. At first, I was angry. Oh, were you really? Yes, but not at you. I, w I, I was angry. that you're I know, telling me but this. But wait, I got more feedback for you because I knew we were going to talk about this. Oh, photo. this is so exciting. So we got feedback. We, we're ready for you, baby. At first I was angry. And then I'm like, but I know her. But my first instinct was that it looked morbid. Really? Yes. And, and, and the reason why is the, the expression on the face, the location that you're at, you're in water. Not the hearts had nothing to do with your nudity or lack of nudity or whatever. My initial thing went right to your face. I'm like, it makes me feel uncomfortable because my first instinct was that this was a statement towards a more morbid statement. And then I started to look at it. I'm like, okay, I know her. I know where she's coming from, her beauty, her, her wanting to have essence. And then I went to go look beyond the picture, beyond my first instinct and saw that there's a lot of love in the picture. There's a lot of love and there's a lot of openness. You were so open in this piece. Now that's my first instinct. So then I went and shared it with my friend, David. I said, what do you think about this picture? I love, can I just say for a moment? Thank you, Sarah. I think you love that. I, I just have to scooch my chair over here and just hug you. But now, so here's the funny thing. So then I went to David, and David knows you, knows who you are, and uh, we nickname him the Stroker, so you're, yes. you're here from him soon. But David, um, he immediately went to beauty. He didn't feel the Mormon. He immediately Whoa. thought it was really beautiful. He really could see how profound it is. And he also could feel while I was angry about the photo. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. He goes, I can see why you're going there. But you're not seeing the beauty. I go, I do see the beauty. I had to step back from it, though. I had to take my emotions aside because it triggered emotions, not 
because of you, but in me. So it triggered emotions in me, which is what art does, right? By definition. And I just want to stop you there because, uh, you guys, I'm smiling. Yeah, from ear to ear. Yes, I'm so happy. And because you've given me a gift right now. I got you one more. Well, okay, so here's the gift you've given me so far. I'm just realizing this moment that part of my compulsion, and this I can say, it is a compulsion. It's like this inner drive to push out what I feel I want to share, um, regardless of the reactions. And I, I it's innate in me. Like, I don't know what picture or whatever is going to be compulsive to share, but it's like I judge it before I do it, but I can't help myself doing it because I'm a masochist. But you just said you unlock something because when you said it made you angry for some sick, weird reason, that put a smile on my face. Yeah. Why? And I have to think it's because it's fulfilling my destiny, which is to invoke. I don't care what it invokes. Right. But then I'm invoking something. It, it, and already I can tell you what one thing it invoked. Two conversations. See, and that's, the, it, in a weird sort of way, you're not so much a masochist to me. You're so much of, an, and it's part of your expedition is, you want people to talk. You want to stir. You're a shit stirrer. I'm you a wanna... fucking shit stirrer. And I yes. hate that about myself. No, it's no. No, I hate it. Why? Why? Because, get this. Because I have shame and guilt. Well, let it go. Let it go. Let's, let's let this go. This is part of the podcast. So here's the part about this shit stirring that I love. But I love you and adore you, and I'm so grateful to you. You're, like, better than any therapist I've ever had right now. I'm so grateful. Well, it's not because I'm I'm not judging you. I never judged the I picture. No, you don't judge me. I didn't judge so the picture, and I, and I want people to send us the feedback. It wasn't about the picture, which is so interesting. What was my emotions to it that I was judging? Well, like, well, why am I angry? It's Krista. I know who Krista is. She's a beautiful person, and she's... She's making a statement. So what's her statement? So I had to back myself up from my own emotion that was triggered. And then David had to point out, he goes, why did this bother you so much? So it took David to point out. Thank you, David. I love David. I love But David. then I shared it with my sisters. Oh, okay. So another set of conversations. So it has shit stirred. You shared it with Terry? Yes. Was she so pissed at me? No. Terry's she, very conservative. She you guys. is very, very conservative. And Christian. For lesbian. <laughs> yeah, okay. She is a lesbian, but she's like, you have to give it to her as respect. She is she is held to her Christian she's standards. Very, she is as a les hardcore lesbian. That's for lesbian, amazing. For a lesbian. However, <laughs> she thought it was beautiful. She did? She thought it was beautiful. She oh. thought it was beautiful. She loved the cons- that she loved the composite of it. Deb thought it was beautiful, but Terry first saw the negative and then she stepped back. She goes, but knowing who you are, she's like, it is beautiful. It is beautifully placed and balanced. Deb, hands down. Oh, I hands love down, loved it. I love she didn't so have much. any feelings. So that brings me to the fact that art should trigger feelings. Yeah. Art does trigger feelings. Uh, beauty triggers feelings. Be- beauty and art trigger well they are the same that's that's i guess my thing is my idea of beauty i think is different it mine is goes back to my idea of the definition of beauty that it is spirit it's like a spiritual portal 
If it creates an emotion in you, if it it brings you to a place that makes you that evokes something, right? That's beautiful. Well, and I, I, I get that. I do get that because, like, even like the weirdest circumstances sexually, if if I am in that moment and having an orgasm, sometimes I have the most beautiful sight. Oh yeah. And I would love to capture. I had a friend a long time ago that said. That she would have colorful orgasms. And if they were red, they were amazing. Whoa. And I was always like going, I never had color and orgasms, but I never had an orgasm at that time to invoke beauty or invoke vision or something. But when I'm in a moment, like because I'm in my head sexually when I'm having an orgasm, that when I'm in the moment, I'm pushing all of the judgments and everything away. I literally like I had... I had sex with one of my FWBs this weekend, and at first I started to stick in my head. I started to judge how I was having an orgasm. Mm. And when I was stuck in my head, stopped all my orgasms. Yeah, that's the beauty of orgasms, by the way, I think, for myself, that it's kind of like a training. Mm -hmm. This is someone who didn't have an orgasm until after she was 30 years old. What I've learned about orgasms, I'm so grateful to God for creating orgasms because (laughs) it really has helped combat. It's one of the number one ways it's combated my religious enemy. Interesting. It because it you have to train yourself to push out your brain. You have to like go, okay, I'm locking you in the closet right now. So I can experience pleasure. Right. And so when you say that, I totally relate to that. So like, here's, here's a sidebar to that. Today, I had taken my mom who had surgery yesterday, eye surgery. I had taken her to go back to the doctor for a post-op. And then we went to lunch. And after lunch, we met a, a gentleman in the local mall. And he was talking to us about food, which I can talk about food all day long because I love to cook. But... We got Which is a the... sick, sick thing. I don't understand that. <laughs> I love it. I totally... <laughs> it's orgasmic to me, but no. Um, and what was interesting, all of a sudden, in the middle of the conversation that him and I were having about food or about jewelry or something, we got onto some really tangential conversations. My mother interrupted and said something about his girlfriend because he had mentioned that he has a fabulous girlfriend now, but his previous girlfriend wasn't as fabulous and so my mom's like decided to give in her old lady sense was what i call it her like two senses and she goes you know how you keep that fabulous girlfriend he goes she goes whenever your mind kicks in and tells you to 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 divert from what your desires are in your heart and she learned this from a book called go unfuck yourself or how to unfuck yourself Ooh, I and I want to, I want to get this book now. Yeah, she's been trying to tell me to, re- to listen to this book. So that sounds like yourself. totally our kind of book. I know, and it's talking about how. And so when you were bringing up the mind, it triggered this memory that it was talking about how if you can push away like societal like pressures and peer and stick to your true focus. Like if your true focus is to be. Um, a graphic artist, like in my case, when I was a graphic artist and I pushed everything towards the computer and learning skills and, and looking at art and looking at everything. But if I start to sway towards what the norm is, where my heart's going, no, this is going to work this over here. So I'll give you an example. I know I'm not making a lot of sense. No, you but, are. I'm, but, I'm taking, I'm sucking it so, in. So like I did a proof of an ad cause I just recently did a project in the last couple of weeks 
um, where I had to do an ad for a company that has never done ads. Mm -hmm. I'd have never met the person. Normally, if I meet the person, see their workplace, I can come up with a beautiful ad that fits their personality. Mm -hmm. And I'm really good at it. What was so hard, though, with her is I was doing this over the phone and the lady kept being snippy with me mm. just because of her demeanor. And, and it was just her demeanor. And I wasn't judging her or anything. She was just being snippy. Like every time I made a statement, she goes, that's not it. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, fuck you, bitch. I'm like, okay, so I'm trying to get a feel of what you want. So I created two ads. Whenever I get to the, these split moments, I create two. One that I want to go with my gut, my heart, mm. and one that goes with my mind. Oh, I love what you're I saying. Always right now. do that. And I've always done this from years and years and years of being in newspapers and publishing. So I've always if I'm ever split. So what was so funny about it was she went with my heart. Of the course. one that was my heart. Yeah. She loved it so much that now she wants to hire me. With that said, if I when I have issues with my heart or with a design, if I push him to the side like this is my heart, always do one that I want to do that that just comes from my heart. And where I know my design. And then here's the hard part that I have learned over the years. What if she didn't go with my heart? It's rejection. It's rejection of your core. Of the ridge of It's vulnerability. It's the rejection of your vulnerable self. Exactly. So what the interesting thing about this is, is years and years and years ago, as being a designer, I had to learn to let the customer decide and not take it to heart. If they didn't like my really unique design, it wasn't personal. That's what I had to learn as a designer. And I remember one time being called into a meeting and my boss and my supervisor was there. And again, another tangent, but my boss and my, um, my direct boss and his supervisor were there. And I'm like, we wanted to have you in so that, you know, that we can tell you what has happened with this ad. And I had put a mm -hmm. lot of time and energy into an ad. The customer didn't like it. They liked my first ad because I, again, had a splitting of the heart. And um, and so they brought me in, sat me down to tell me they went with this ad. And at that time, I already came to the decision. I didn't care what they picked. They didn't know that. They thought I was overly sensitive and they'd have to handle me with kid gloves. That's when I realized I'm like, I need to change who I am. Not to them, but how I react to things. How you No, I would say it this way. You needed to... Pre present yourself in a way that sh you know where your avatars shined right in in the business world and so they turned around and they looked at me like oh we thought you would be angry about this i'm like no i put two designs in there because i really truly didn't know which way to go and i'm glad they picked one and they didn't go with the they didn't get angry so they picked one i fixed it moved on so that was my that's how i since that conversation that's how I started to try okay, to here's just... Okay, here's where my, my, my rabbit hole is. Yes. End up our heaven where we can just go, we're only going to do our heart. Mm. And everybody's going to love it? No. I, no. I don't need everybody to love my heart. But that we have a clan. We have a family. We have um, a community we've chosen that loves our heart mm. that so we shine with that community because really honestly you and i we're not stupid we're, we're not like first timers we know god i've been around the block yeah <laughs> we know there's lots of rejection out there that's why we're fucked up the way we are 
what, but, but now. I love my kind of fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And now we're experts in it. We know how to deal <laughs> with the fucked up shit part. But won't it be great when we have honed in and we have gotten to the place, uh, kind of like I see life as a game. We've gotten to the level where we just get to do what, what our heart tells us to do. Mm-hmm. And we've created a big enough community that we can just, you know, survive off of the community that enjoys our heart. We don't need to do the, the, the plan B. You know, here's my real self, but here's a plan B in case you don't like my real self. Right. You know, we, we understand how that works. We understand how the world works. They're not all going to love us. It's okay. Yes. We need to get paid. But won't it be great when we can just go that, uh, that next level and we can just all do everything from our heart? Let's talk about the second picture. I haven't talked to anybody about the second picture um, because I didn't see it until the end of the night. And I had to dissect it. It's beautiful. My first instinct was ultra creepy and beautiful at the same time because it's black and white and it's complete nude, no hearts covering up. My first instinct wasn't morbid. My first instinct was, I like how it feels. Unlike the other one, your eyes are closed in the other one, your eyes are closed in this one, you're looking about the same except for your chin's turned to the other way, no big deal. You know, like a little... But it did invoke the anger that the first one did. There's this this, uh, photographer called Sally Mann. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of her? No, I don't think so. So she she did, and she still does. She's still a photographer, obviously. That's her passion. But um, when I first heard about her, um, I had just come out of the church. Mm -hmm. And um, my, my nanny... That sounds weird, but yeah. so I had a nanny in the, the charismatic church. Um, she was, you know, young, she was in our youth group and she, you know, had some codependency issues, but I was desperate and she was magical and she wanted to watch my kids. So I was like, okay. So she ended up moving in and therefore became my nanny. Right. So full-time nanny, I paid her to watch my children. She wasn't a nanny for you, but nanny for your kids. Got it. Correct. (laughs) And magical, and my kids still talk about her in loving, beautiful ways. She's magical. Uh, She doesn't have the same values that I have. Perhaps no values, but that's okay. Anyway, moving on. She um, introduced me to this because she's an amazing artist, and... Um, she was always good at gleaning new art, you know, and love photography. And so she introduced me to Sally Mann. It's this photographer that she had a bunch of kids and she did, she practiced uh, a lot of, um, the old photography, uh, um, methods like tintype, not tintype, mm-hmm. uh, it's on glass. What is it called? Anyway, she Chromium? no no uh, I'll figure it. we'll figure it out yeah but anyway she did all these blo- lots of black and whites um of her children and I've read lots of articles on her but she got a lot of pushback because uh there was lots of controversy around her photographs because she's first using her children as her subjects and they were usually nude mm-hmm. um so her her perspective is that I took these pictures as they're growing up and this was our world you know we lived in nature and we didn't have a lot of um, interaction
interaction with the outside world. So, you know, a lot of times they're naked and um, just doing household things, you know. Yeah, I I remember being a child in the South running around topless. Okay, here's the thing. Children love being naked. Yeah. I don't care. You can be a conservative. You can be a liberal. I don't give a fuck. Children love to be naked. Right. Because it's magical. It They don't have all the rules that we have. And I have a whole tangential speech on that. That's fine. Um, but I, I, if we could capture that shameless being as an, as an adult and bingo. learn from that behavior, like what... What were they told to shove it down? Okay, all right, here's my tangent. Yeah, Um, My rabbit hole. I fucking hate that there is a law against nudity. I hate that the government has anything to do with nudity. Now, I understand, like, places of business, like, there's health codes. That makes sense to me. That each individual business has the right to say, you know, okay... And I understand there's race to blah, blah, blah. But I'm not saying, I'm saying health-wise. It, you know, okay, you need to, like, cover up for if we're eating or whatever. That's fine. Whatever you want to do, that's cool in your, on your property. But that the government has to say on if we wear clothes or not in public, to me, is abusive. And the reason I feel that way is because it sends a message. First of all, it's not logical. Why do we have a rule on on nudity? Um, I um, I think a lot about the 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 movie Far and Away. Do you remember that movie? It was like with um, Tom Cruise and his uh, yeah. It was when they came over. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Okay. So there's this one scene where they're on a boat. And, uh, they're, you know, they're going to the new world and she's, you know, it's a time period piece and she's got, she's showing her ankle and, um, and Tom Cruise is like, what are you doing? You're showing your ankle because in that time as a period piece, that time there was a law against showing a female showing her ankle because that was considered lascivious. It's, it's, uh, sensational. You know, men could become aroused. Well, fuck that. That's a fucking ankle. Nowadays, we would laugh at it. But that was a law. It was a rule. Why was it a rule? Why? Why was that not because, okay? Because it was a it was a rule. Of, probably came out of the church law of the church, where women shouldn't taunt or taint men. Yeah. Exactly. What's the communication there? Again, it comes back to women are lascivious. They are sinful creatures. They are causing temptation because of their being. Who they are causes sin. And this is one of my beliefs that I struggle with. Not beliefs. One of my... We'll figure out a point. Um, Adam and Eve. Everybody's angry with Eve. The fall of Eve. fall of mankind is due to Eve. Eve didn't bite the apple. Yeah. Adam bit yeah, the fuck apple. Fuck Adam. Fuck Adam <laughs> and his fucking eating the apple. It comes back to action again, what you were yeah. saying. Let's bring it all back to what you said when we first started this podcast. You're talking about the dude. Yeah. And and it's like, listen, 
it's not a, a personal. You, you're saying one thing, but it comes down to action. Dude, Adam's the dude that, that ate the apple. And it's he a knew story, right and wrong. Whatever. I know, but he knew right and wrong. And he made the choice. But yet they, a lot of people still crucify women. Okay, and, and here, let's, let's so bring it back. Yes. Women are sinful for being. Men are sinful for acting. Interesting. It's like I love men have that. an action that creates a, a, a sin. Women are. They, sin. they are sin. And arson. <laughs> uh, but this which, is this is the perception, not no, no, no. Yeah. Which reminds me of Lilith, which I've just learned about because my daughter. I mean, I've heard Lilith, whatever the the demon or whatever you want to call her. Um, I just okay. So my daughter's into Mother. astrology, yeah. and she was telling me, well, there's this also this other aspect of you, which is the Lilith part of you, and I'm like, what is that? And she was telling me, okay, yeah, yeah. So the prototype is, or whatever you want to call archetype, is that Lilith was the first wife of Adam. and um, But she became demonic, basically. This is my phrase of it, um, or my interpretation. She became demonic because she um, was her own being. She became, she was, she knew who she was. That she liked orgasm. She was, um... I don't remember all the details, but basically she was okay with pleasure. That's what it comes down to. Let's let's name it like it is. She liked pleasure and she was independent. And so she's demonic. So this is the basis of all Christianity that hurt me and hurt a lot of women. Yes. You know, and and okay, I was raised another tangent. I'm so sorry. That's fine. But this is what it's about. I was raised that I couldn't hug men frontwards. I was not allowed to hug men frontwards. You had to do it from the side. From the side because I, because I have breasts and I have a vagina, I'm tempting him. My actual flesh being is a sin. I'm sinful. I'm created as a sin, as a demonic being. I'm You're here. a beautiful, sinful, demonic being, well, by the way. You. Just want to know. <laughs> Just so you know. But, so. Actually, I love the movie Hellboy because I'm not into comics and my brother is totally, you know, he's a an artist. I mean, a comic artist. but And he has his own podcast. What's yes. Um, oh, darn it. I know it. You're and a it's bad lovely. Sister. I'm a terrible sister. Yes, I am terrible. Okay, we'll I will, we will advertise it. But, yes. but the point is. Love you know, Hellboy. Hellboy. By the way, Witches, Dark Horse. And Dark Horse, Dark Horse, yes, he's is, is is the local Dark Horse. Comic yes, is downtown Portland, exactly Milwaukee, it's Milwaukee, just, like, mm-hmm. just two blocks away, or two miles away from my house. Is yes, Dark Horse that is very true. So yes, the nerd in me does come out. Dark Horse is Alien and <laughs> Hellboy and Predator all came out of Dark. A thousand, it's a thousand something. I know this. Anyway, well, with Brandon Graham. Feral Downfall Brandon Graham. Anyway, but he, um, but Hellboy. I really love the movie, and this is so annoying that I don't know any Which of one, the comics. Which one, the first one? Or the, the first second? one. Okay. Because the one. he is created as a demon, and they, their whole, the whole thing is like, you know, he's supposed to be this way, but he's this way. I feel like that as a woman. 
I was created to be a sin. <laughs> this is stupid, but a no, sin canister. A sin. I'm supposed to just be for men to sin on. It's, it's almost like I'm a sin tool. I'm, I'm a dildo. That's what I am. I'm a fucking dildo. <laughs> okay, That's so, what it comes down to. So what is interesting in this is I'm that a, I was baptized Mormon later in life. so weird. I know, especially knowing me. I was baptized Mormon. Sorry, Mormon church. I love you. Yeah, I like coffee. <laughs> and uh, vodka now. But I was And she does not like super underwear. Yeah, they wouldn't let me see them. I never made it that far. Yeah. I made it less than a year, and they said, you're you're not graced enough to see that. I de-virginized a Mormon. So oh, I could so have de-virginized more than one, but I chose not to. Yeah. So there you go, Mormon yeah. church. Love Mormons. But here's the point. I remember being called into the bishop's office one day because I was Ooh. having an issue with, um, I was having an issue with my my belief structure mm. because I was raised in a non-denominational church, and the Mormon church actually was the closest church or philosophy to what I was raised in, um, which is weird because of both biblical research. They both researched. They both had a different style a hierarchy. Then, Although Mormons are a little more racist, but we'll yeah, well, not the state that I was in. Or the oh, word I was in. Oh, the okay. word I was in. We had a total Polynesian word. Oh, and we that's had nice. more uh, African American individuals in the word than I've oh, ever seen. Oh, that's great. It it was amazing. It was amazing word. Neither here nor there. I'm not arguing for um, Mormons. They are they're they're have a fabulous community which is they have great value system their value system i would community. love to do business with all mormons honestly and and the mormons here's the other thing about mormons that i absolutely love is that they will be there if i fall right now like i need money help whatever all i need to do even though i am like jack mormon but because i was baptized in the mormon church they would show up on my doorstep right now and help me oh without they are so 100 percent community i love that about them but here's the thing i was having a really bad moment and um my car was going to get repossessed mm. and it was a car that i loved but it was difference between tithing and and things were just not coming together at the moment but I went in to go talk to the bishop because I was having a, a crisis of faith. And so I was sitting there talking to the bishop, and um, which they have a couple things. Was One is that the, uh, a man cannot be alone with a woman in a room. Right. But a bishop can. Oh, really? A bishop is higher so than... So a, a bishop can fuck a woman in a closed room. <laughs> but, but he didn't. Just a regular man can. Just a regular man. But a bishop could not, well, in this case, was couldn't be alone in a room with a single female. Right. Let's put it that way. So the bishop called me in, and we had this conversation. And I'll always remember it. And it was a fabulous conversation about, because you were talking about sin. Mm. And I'm like, I don't understand. I, I do struggle with my previous beliefs and what you guys are teaching me. Because some things don't add up, and I'm working on that. I understand that I'm supposed to like empty out a lot of that and learn new. And this is again before I started to do a lot of purging of my own judgments against me and stuff like that and starting to assert my independence. But the one thing that he said that will always be with me is women are holier than men. Mm, what was, where was, what was his, uh, well, one of the on things, that? one of the things is, is that like, let's, my sons, both my sons, were also in the Mormon church. And I went in because of my sons. I mm -hmm. went in to follow them in and make sure that they weren't being led astray. And so I was in there and they were having, they had all these 
mentors and guides and women didn't no matter your age women went from like they were eight they got baptized in the mormon church and then they were in the release society which is a fabulous society and then they moved up from there but women were responsible to take care of the family to have the children take care of the family take care of the man but men had all these extra prompts and i'm like going why why do men have all these extra steps? And they're like, because women already are graced. They're already holier than men. Men need to be taught to be holier. Hmm. It sounds like a big rationale, though. But it, it does. But if you take it with your with your sinful. Yeah, that's true. It we does aren't counter sin. it. We aren't sin. We're holy. We're holier. And men need to not be sinful. It almost sounds kind of Middle East. Uh, yes. I, I remember way. I had this friend. She Her parents were missionaries to the Middle East. And, uh, you know, they wore the garb for a long time. But um, they noticed that the more garb they wore, the more they would get molested in public. And so it was so bad that they started making uh, gun hand gestures when they would go out in public, just like to combat it psychologically for themselves, they would like have gun hand gestures. But they noticed that if they wore more American clothing and less modest, like more co- less covered up, they wouldn't get molested as much. Wow. And um, but they had she she was telling me that they had this idea that women were very powerful. And the reason they need to cover up because they were so powerful. Well, and that's and the same thing. We're holier, powerful. Yeah. We and you're if you even want to give it another term, sinful. Sinful. Yeah. So yeah, where's yeah. the power in all these statements? All these adjectives: powerful, sinful. Well, I think where it comes from is the pejorative. Holier. The pejorative. Interesting. Um, lean on it because that's where the where that's where the shame and guilt come in. It's that, okay, power, um, influence, um, is, is evil. Power and influence of women is evil. See, look at, let's look at, let's look at business. Okay. It's the man's world, right? Right. Uh, Even now, it's still kind of male. And I'm not a hashtag me tooer. I mean, yeah, sure. You're a me tooer now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a, what is it? Uh, I'm, I'm not this time. Not hashtag, this time. Hashtag me too. Me not too, this not time. this time. Um, but you're a me too. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, my point is that it's okay for men to be influential, powerful in business. That men are influential and powerful. That's a positive. But if you put a woman in that same scenario, powerful and influential, it becomes pejorative it becomes negative women are not supposed to be powerful and influence yes have influence that they're supposed to be meek and mild they're supposed to be and so that that i guess that's my problem because i'm influential and i'm powerful so and you're motherly i'm motherly so you even have the trifecta well that's a nice but that it is a part of our personality. If you can be powerful and influential and then be motherly at the same time, you can nurture and grow. It's dichotomous yes. in this world. And yes. so that's where my biggest 
stressor is. It's what's making these fucking jowls, Sarah. And that's what it comes down to because I am too I'm too vain to have jowls. And you know, uh. I'm gonna have to take care of that shit. My point is I don't like being dichotomous. I want my idea of heaven is that every part of myself agrees, says yes about myself. And so I was trained that being powerful and influential is a man's right, not a woman's right. A woman's right is to be demure and meek and modest. I'm so, none of those things. I'm not so, demure, I'm not meek or modest. So there's a dichotomy. There's right. a struggle, a war inside of myself. I want you to focus on, for this next few minutes, how people that are listening to you can learn how to not be meek and how to be more powerful. Okay, so Could coming you? out of a victim mentality into a powerful hero mentality is, so for years, I was this other part that, oh no, I'm not meek, I'm not mild, I'm not um, whatever. Right. Modest. And, um, and she's sitting it was, here naked. Yeah. It was, and she just gave me this beautiful see-through, lovely thing. Not that I knew she was coming naked. But I'm yes, it's just so lovely. Okay, here's the deal. I didn't even know how to say that, oh, look, there's some dichotomy here. But right now I can see that in almost turning 50 with my, you know, my grossness. Whatever. Well, well no, no, no. I'm not <laughs> saying that in a bad way. I'm saying, and I I'm guess saying it, it's, it's got, it's got, here's, let's be clear. There's scars, there's wrinkles, there's, you know, She's I've had beautiful. five children. Um, it, and, you know, I've got my, my boobs sagging to my, my waist. And that's okay. And that's what I'm trying to do on Instagram. And uh, in the public. I don't care, Instagram, whatever. That's just in the a public. tool. You in want the to public. trigger these. I think this. it's a twofold. Yes. It's, I'm trying to self-heal. I'm trying to go, I'm not a Kardashian. I'm not, You're not. Kate Moss. I'm not any Why of would these you want people. To be? Because, I mean, they're beautiful. They are beautiful. But you know who also is beautiful? You and me. Mm -hmm. And, um... I and can tell you, I went to, here's a sidebar. I went to the movie uh, Judy this weekend with my mother. Ooh, First movie how I've was seen. it? Fabulous. And the reason why I'm bringing it up was uh, Renee Zellwinger. And she's amazing was fabulous in this. I was so convinced that she was Judy Garland. Ah! The way her her muscles moved on her face to to replica her smile, to reproduce wow. that smile of her. And she suffered with so much. And yeah, I want too. to have a tangent about her later, but about what Judy Garland went through because that oh, was yeah. just hell. Hell. What was interesting though was Zellwigner is beautiful. And she has transformed herself into this beautiful woman of a different era. And it came across beautifully. And I kept looking at her going, I know that's who that, that's Renee. But I don't believe it. Because... I love that. Because her art, she she was able to transform the art to match to who she was playing. She did such a beautiful job. It gave me goosebumps. I sat there in the theater crying Aww. with what she had to go through. I mean, I felt so sad. You know, like, we looked at Judy Garland as over the rainbow. She was Dorothy in Oz. And she struggled. And she died. Do you know how old she was when she died? Wasn't she in her 40s? 
47 years old. Yeah. I'm 47 years old now. Wow. She did not make it beyond this age. And I feel for her. My heart hurts for her. Now, now that I know this story, I didn't know the story. And I just think it's fabulous. I love the fact that they did the story. And I hope it wins some. Hope Renee gets recognized. She did a beautiful job. But the part I wanted to bring out from that is that it really changed some of my perspectives on the older generation, what they had to go through, yeah, what she struggled with. And even the conversations with my mother, because my mother and I went to it. My mother and I were just like in awe of how many actors and actresses have died due to drug abuse yeah. and due to exhaustion. And we need to be grateful. Yeah. And we need to, you know, like take take ownership of it. Take ownership of who we are and who we're going to be. We can make a difference. Not because of the podcast, because we can make people have voices. Like some of the people I want to interview and, some of the, and, and having you on regularly to tell us fabulous insights. Um, we're going to make this a two-parter, so we're going to be back on one more week for the follow-up about the second Woo. picture. So stay tuned.